This is Finnegan Rowe on the Ultimate Unofficial VeggieTales Podcast, the number one fan podcast for those who still like to talk to tomatoes, episode 111. I am here today with the hosts of What's the Big Idea Podcast, Raziel and Mr. Lunch. How's it going? Absolutely lovely. Raziel is British. Mr. Lunch? I'm doing quite fine. Now listen, I need you all to read a, a quick message. Just repeat after me. Say, um, Fincorporated content is goaded and... We're here on the podcast in hopes of promoting future Finn Incorporated products, and we endorse everything that Finn has ever put his creative touch on. Can I hear that? Yeah, allow me to say that. <clears throat> I 110% do not endorse Finn Incorporated. He's a sham. He's a fraud. He tax evaded on Joe's identity. Well, if I had tax evaded on Joe's identity, wouldn't I be claiming to be Joe Davis Eggie? Hold on one second. The imposter. I'm Joe oh Davis Eggie. How's it going? This is Joe Davis Eggie on the Ultimate Unofficial Veggie Tales podcast. <laughs> on the Ultimate Unofficial Joe Eggie Davis podcast. Joe, make happen. a podcast. Joe should make a podcast. That'd be great. You're on <laughs> air with Joe. Bum, bum, the bum. Ultimate Joey Tales podcast. Joey Tales. Very eggy, silly stories. <laughs> that could work. That'd be beautiful. Sure. Okay, here's our theme song. If you love your veggies and want more to know, then I've got for you a spectacular show. We'll be giving you back with Liverpool Ryan and bringing in guests for the last of the time. If you search for your hair as a cheeseburger too, then I'm happy to say we got a show for you. So we're going to start off with personal life, early life. When were you guys born? Tell me your uh, precise birth date, moment of birth. What do you remember about the day you were born? Please leave any... Uh, graphics out this is a family-friendly podcast mostly some of the time well i wish i could tell you about that too but i remember absolutely zero of it because i was like not conscious enough lunch i mean i was a baby so i don't remember all i can say i was born on november 7 2007 there we go we know the birth date now put that on the fan and wikis everyone we can all wish we can all wish mr lunch a happy birthday on on november 7 november 7 Okay, so we're gonna fast forward. And if you, you don't, then you're gonna you're gonna pay the price. Then so you're gonna, you're gonna become Mr. Lunch's Mr. Dinner. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna become Mr. Dinner. It won't be so, pretty. When did you guys get into VeggieTales? Uh, we can start with Reziel, just because you're at the top of my screen. Like probably a hundred thousand other people that you've talked to, VT was something that I grew up with because of my my mom being Christian, wanted to raise her kids on good Christian values. So I remember she told me this, that she, I think she heard from like some church friends of hers. Sorry if you hear some clicking, I'm driving right now. So on the road with Finnegan Row, let's go. Um, Yeah, she heard about it from some friends of hers at church and uh, she really grew to love the series. And uh, I especially, I out of the rest of my family has loved the series, pretty much um, lifelong fan. And, uh, you know, I grew up on those classic, DVDs and classic tapes and stuff like that. VTs has always stuck by me, even though it was a handful of years where I just kind of stopped, but you know, very quickly came on. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much my VeggieTales story, the five-minute version, not the three-hour version. Very nice. And we're going to touch on favorite episodes and least favorite episodes later, and that that could get controversial. So we'll we'll save that for now. Mr. Lunch, how about you? Well, to be honest, I didn't really I didn't really get into VeggieTales until like 2018. So that was like, I remember being obsessed with the book. It was called The Slop Father or something. It was Veggie Tales. And I remember a specific memory that always stuck with me, which is, um, I didn't want to give that book back. <laughs> I remember, I was like, no, I wanted the book. 
but of course it's the library. He has to give it back, so I did, and I was very defeated. That's like the only memory I have before 2018 about VeggieTales. And then in 2018, it was the episode Dave and the Giant Pickle, and that opened my eyes to the world of veggies. And I remember seeing, I was, I remember eating dinner during that. And then I watched Was Gone Scared, which was my second one. And then, and then et cetera, et cetera, I joined the community. So that's basically how I got into it. So you grew up with that one book and, and not any of the episodes until 2018? I mean, I heard about it beforehand, but I didn't really like get into it, you know? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I could just kind of assume that you'd grown up with it. That's awesome. So it just kind of stuck with you once you found out about it. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, why has VeggieTales uh, stuck with you? What was it that you saw and thought, okay, this is good. I'm going to invest in this, especially not growing up with the series. I think most of the time, whenever there's something, um, and it doesn't even have to be like a show or a series. It could literally be anything that you that you typically have found appreciation when you're a kid. I feel like you're that much more likely to, to uh, hold on to it. Because, you know, childhood is such a such a sacred time for everyone, I think, good or bad, because it, it basically just predicts the rest of your future, especially with the people that I've talked to and stuff like that. And I've heard their stories and it's like, oh, wow, like one thing led to another. Um, so for VeggieTales, um, and I think I could say the same thing with everyone, there's just something about just these two talking vegetables trying to, to tell Bible lessons in the most bizarre, off-the-wall way possible. Be considering the fact that when um when you look more into VeggieTales in comparison to the market, how different it was of a series, it just leaves that much of an impact that this was very much an outlier, um and not the norm when it comes to like Christian media and uh, even even outside of that, just like entertainment in general. So I think that's why VeggieTales has just been one of those shows that has always like stayed in in a lot of people's minds and stuff like that. So yeah. It's the first of its kind in, like, every sense of the term, you know? Like, I can't think of anything that did anything even close to VeggieTales before VeggieTales, you know? One of the things that people kind of get wrong is that VeggieTales was actually not the first, like, CGI show. Um, it was, I think, the first one that was direct-to-video, but the first, the show that predates BT was one called Reboot. And, I mean, Reboot has its own, like, very cult following as well, much like VeggieTales. But VeggieTales was one that did the CGI thing. Um, before the CGI print as well, but also just trying to be a good Christian series and also just trying to go bigger and better with every single episode. Because, I mean, those first those first two episodes, um, I can most certainly say, are very, very rough, if you look at it critically-wise. But they always kept trying to grow into proof, and it's just that, that attention to detail that they've had, I think, is what basically makes the series stick out in so many people's minds. I think so as well. I think um, characters themselves, too, were just such unique designs that, you know, rather you liked VeggieTales or not, you had to at least be familiar with it, you know? That is very true. I remember as a kid, I remember always liking food. I liked eating food. And I thought, you know, I was like, wouldn't it be crazy if someone made a show about food? <laughs> and then I was, I remember also being Catholic. And I'm still Catholic now. I mean, it's just fun to think about, like, the Bible and stuff. And so, so when I found out about VeggieTales, it just like stuck with me. It's like, I love food. The message is in the story. It's very simplified to, so where I could understand it instead of like the Bible, which is basically just like people have decrypted it one way or another, but I still can't understand it. You know, ancient talk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely yeah. trickier to understand at times. I think VeggieTales kind of, um, they simplified it, 
but they also built on it, you know? Yeah. Well, so what were other inspirations for you guys uh, growing up? Other series you guys liked? Uh, other fandoms that you could be involved in or, you know, maybe involved in in the future? For me personally, uh, some other stuff that I remember growing up a lot. Um, I remember Conan Kinsick's story was like, it was another show that uh, I remember really sticking with when I um, when I was growing up. And especially when those reruns came on Cartoon Network when I was like in fourth or fifth grade around like 2010, 2011. Um, just made me a bigger fan of that show. But um, I appreciate the show for what it is. And, uh, you know, I'm certainly glad for all of the memories. But I, I have not really had the same attachment as VeggieTales, so it has come kind of close, mainly when I was, like, younger. But uh, one one show that they continually still inspires me is uh, Dragon Ball, because it got me into anime, and I'm a huge sucker for all things anime-related and stuff like that. And uh, I know for a fact that if it was not for Dragon Ball, certainly would not be um, into anime. So nowadays, anime has been the main thing that like inspires me. But of course, I always have a soft spot for VeggieTales and whatnot. And then sometimes uh, there are some shows that I, I would say are seasonal in my life. On my YouTube channel, I have uh, these these videos about like My Little Pony and whatnot. And the reason why I had that was because for a while, probably like 2020, 2021, Something about Equestria Girls has really struck a chord with me. And it's something I haven't really been able to figure out since um, as to why it was Equestria Girls in particular. But there's um, always those little shows and whatnot that just spark some creativity. And um, as I've also gotten older, it's also music has also done a lot to uh, spark my creativity as well. So some of my favorite bands are like Blink-182, Angels and Airwaves, um, Mayday Parade, Tyler the Creator. He's a rapper. Um, not a band, but you know, I still I still dig his music. Emery, Hawk Nelson, May, all sorts of these like smaller independent bands. So you know, inspiration is always around. You just have to be privy to to look for it. And Blink One Eighty Two is the band that sings SpongeBob, Patrick, Squidward, Gary, <laughs> right? Yeah, very yeah, very funny, Finn. Very funny. Iconic Blink One Eighty Two song. Um, original guy this here. Guy. This guy. <laughs> To backtrack for a second, for someone who has watched virtually no anime ever, what would you recommend as a starter? That guy would be me, by the way. I've watched, like, none. So. I'd probably say is Dragon Ball Z. And even though if you watch the original Z, um, there's, like, almost 300 episodes worth. Uh, almost 10 years ago, there was this uh, re-edited version of Z called Dragon Ball Z Kai. And I know that some people say that, no, you need to watch the original Z and whatnot. But I think uh, for somebody who's, like, younger you know gen z-ish type just watch dragon ball z kai it's like half the length of the original z it tells you all of like the major important stuff that people remember so dragon ball z is also another one that i i would recommend and uh every anime season has like a bunch of smaller shows they range from like 12 episodes 24 episodes um it's been a while since i've seen one but i remember another one that left an impact being re zero that one was also a really good one um, at least from first season, I haven't seen anything past season one, which they definitely should. ReZero, Attack on Titan, um, that one's going to go crazy with the new season coming out, finally wrapping up the entire series. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of uh, a lot of good anime that if I think if you take the time to look for, you'll, you'll find something um, interesting for you. Okay, cool. I'm going to look into that. Mr. Lunch, what have been some other inspirations for you outside of VeggieTales? Well, inspirations for me, I'd have to say like early SpongeBob. Cause that, yeah. that show, um, I wouldn't say the later ones because they're very, um, because most of those gags are just like close ups of like disgusting stuff. It's like, nah, not as good. 
like the earlier seasons, it's like the comedy. It's right there, right in, right on the kisser. So, and then another one is just old seventies, eighties music. Not like, I I can do any type of music, but country has really stuck with me, especially like Rascal Flatts, since I really grew up with that one as a kid. Doraemon is another one. That's a very interesting one because it's more of like a slice of life anime compared to most, but you know I like it. I think the one that I can come up on the top of my head is uh Peanuts Charlie Brown. Oh yeah. Um yeah, very mean spirited, but also has like kind of like a kind heart. I remember I watched a lot of the recent specials. They don't really have the mean spirited side, but it's more of just like the the kind hearted side. And it's kind of sappy and it's like you know it's not the same, but the old the old ones stick to the classics. You know. That type of stuff. Yeah, it was kind of funny. I mean, sad, obviously, because they're just, you know, so mean to Charlie Brown for no reason. But at the same time, that's where the comedy comes in, because it's like there's really no reason they shouldn't like this guy. But everyone just, you know, Charlie Brown, you blockhead, you loser. And he's like, good grief. You know, and it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. There's one scene in, in Charlie Brown that to this day still makes me like cackle when I watch it. It's when he gets the letter. When he starts dancing, he does his little happy dance, and, duh, bum, ba, duh, ba, and then Lucy's like, uh, someone <laughs> oh, must yeah. have the wrong address, and then he's just like, <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah, and it's like what um, Charles, Charles Schultz says, is like, Charlie Brown did get the football, then literally the joke is over. What is else there is to do, you know? So True. Oh, yeah, and yeah, that's true. That's another scene that always made me laugh. I think it's the, um, not the Halloween one, it might be the Thanksgiving one specifically um where he's like in the air for a good three seconds you know oh, yeah. like he literally is just ah and he like you know flips around one time and he just kind of stays in the air and then and then they didn't make him stay in the air out of comedy it was just like slow animation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not to mention all the snoopy like slapstick type of humor oh in the doghouse oh yeah yeah woodchuck, woodchuck's great Back to Spongebob real fast before we move on. What would you consider to be the classic Spongebob season? Because I've seen a lot of people include four and five, and a lot of people don't. But I, I personally love those. So. I'd say one to four. Four has some pretty good episodes. I'd say Krusty Tau is a good one. Because I also read that that was like season three, and then it got shafted off to season four. But it kind of makes sense why it's kind of written like that. But season five is kind of where they um, dip in quality. Because you have episodes like, um if I can remember correctly, it was like Patrick playing a song. He makes a song, and then it's like a like a overrunning joke, and it's like not funny. Oh, you don't like Patrick is dumb. You don't like Twinkle Twinkle Patrick Star. That it, it's an episode. I'll tell you that it's an episode. <laughs> that one made me. I, I loved that one growing up. I would it's watch a, it on repeat, and I would make my parents watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I want that on my iPod still. That's a great song. Um. Crabs a la mode, another good one. You got me talking about Spongebob, which is something I'm also passionate about, so I'm going to try to yeah. stay on track. Maybe if I open another podcast eventually, I can discuss other things aside from... No, I was uh, I was going to ask you, Finn, since you said you like Spongebob, where's the Finnegan Row Spongebob at podcast, huh? Where, where, where's that coming out? It got or lost. There are already too many, too many Spongebob podcasts in that fandom. It got lost to the limited number of hours I have in every day. I don't know. Maybe you should uh, experiment. Maybe put this podcast on hiatus a bit see how the spongebob one goes i thought about never know i thought about i had a channel for a little bit called that guy who reviews spongebob and i was just like cranking out spongebob reviews um and i left that channel dormant for months and i was like yeah i'll probably never use this again so yesterday i just rebranded it to um just miscellaneous stuff that i don't know where to put you know 
because I have my main page for my characters only, and then the VeggieTales podcast page, and so now I just have a miscellaneous page for SpongeBob or Muppet-related stuff or, you know, whatever stuff I make that isn't my characters, you know? So I'll, I might do some SpongeBob commentary and stuff eventually. Never close the door on any opportunity, you know? No, I think a Muppet-related Muppet, Muppet related podcast would be cool, too, because that's another passion. But speaking about podcasts, um, let's hear about your podcast. What's the big idea um, with What's the Big Idea? Well, I mean, as every, I'm pretty sure everybody already knows, we got our namesake. We we ripped it off, of course, VeggieTales. And it's okay because VeggieTales, Bill Vischer has admitted that he's ripped off other things before. So I think uh, in the spirit of VT, we could rip off VT as fans. But the whole podcast, it was so weird how it all came together. And what's even funnier is that Mr. Lunch actually didn't join me until like a much later into yeah. this whole lifespan. <laughs> but um, but the whole podcast started with this a separate podcast entirely, one that I never heard of before. I think it was called the Christian Deep Movie Dive Podcast, something like that. And they had an episode where they were interviewing none other than guest number one of our podcast, Robert G. Lee. And Robert G. Lee, if for those who have not seen it or know who he is, he's a Christian writer, comedian kind of guy uh, who wrote for several episodes of VeggieTales. And I was like, hey, this guy was able to get a VeggieTales person to talk to him. Let me see if I could get Robert. And surprisingly enough, um, that first interview came by really fast with maybe a, like about a week's worth of waiting. And that I remember very clearly was actually we're, we're approaching the, the year anniversary of when um, I actually uh, uh, interviewed Robert G. Lee, which is crazy, happened in August. And uh, I remember I actually made Robert G. Lee make a, a freaking discord, which is from that point on, I, I've learned to never let that happen. Um, so never again. But yeah, so Robert G. Lee, we we talked about stuff. It was a great conversation. Um, I was definitely filled with the nerves on that one, I can most certainly tell. I, originally, I just kind of thought that this conversation with Robert G. Lee would just kind of be a one-and-done thing, because I was sitting on that for months and months on end and just kind of not realizing what I should do with it. It wasn't until around January or late February of this year that I was just kind of like, you know, if I was able to somehow get Robert G. Lee, who's to say that I can't get other people? And that was when I sort of realized that if I were to do this by myself, having a Phil Fisher moment, that would probably be going insane. So I decided to to trust Lunch because out of the friend group that I had, he was the one who loved VT probably as much as I did. So I brought Lunch in, and from that day forth, we we officially started the podcast. Because beforehand, that Robert G. Lee one was just supposed to be a one-and-done miscellaneous kind of thing. But then it was from February onward, I think, when we were like, okay, we're actually going to try to make something. And uh, it's been crazy just to see how, how much we've been able to uh, accomplish. So, yeah. Well, I crazy. look forward to the, the next episode. Every time one episode's out, I listen to it and I'm waiting for the next. There have only been, been two yet. I uh, still have a little bit to listen to on the second one. Uh, but to the people listening, if you have not checked out What's the Big Idea podcast, check that out for sure. It's a great, great podcast. Lots of interviews that I've I've never done. You've you've never heard anything like this. It's it's very unique and and very memorable. Uh, Mr. Lunch, do you want to tell us a little bit about your involvement with the podcast? Yeah, I remember. Um, Raziel told me about this back in Robert Julie. Fun fact was the only episode that was uh, recorded like last year, 2022, and so I remember Raziel's like, what are, like what am I gonna do with this? I remember uh, for months he was still contemplating on that. But I do remember, like early, like early November, December, around that time, um, he was like, "Okay, I can do something with this because 
you know, I have, there's other people that have done it. It's like, who's to say that we can do it? He brought me on board and my, uh, my co-hosting, this is the first time that I've ever co-hosted a podcast. And it's like, Steve Holfish, you could probably see at points where I'm just like, I'd consider it probably the the worst episode that I have personally um in because I did a lot of stuttering that was cut in it and all of that. And I did not do a great job, but you know, there's some room for improvement. But it's crazy how long we've evolved and and all of that stuff. So that's my side of the story. That's awesome. So I guess that kind of answers our second question. When you guys to start uh, decided to start it, that was after the um, first episode was recorded, which is interesting to me. I assumed um, that all of them had been recorded sometime this year, um, and that the intention was a podcast to begin with. I didn't realize you all had just done a one-off thing and then ran with it, and made the show. So that's super cool. How long do you plan for the podcast to run? If you have any idea of that right now, I know it's still early in, in episode count, at least for for what's out there. Um, so do you have any idea of when you'll be like, oh, I think we've interviewed everyone we can, or are you just going to go as, as long as possible? I mean, the funny thing for me is that like, um, I mean, you've known this because, you know, we, we, we trust each other and whatnot, but all of this content is going to be slowly trickle feed to everyone. So the thing is that like, uh, I'll say this, we have more than a year's worth of content in the backlog and we're again, wow. releasing slowly to everyone. And it's just every time I just re-listen to the audio and I try to, and I do the editing on it. And Lunch also does some editing as well. But it's always like I get brought back to that place of time where I'm talking to these people. And it's just like such a surreal thing because, you know, here I am, just this guy who's watching all these behind the scenes videos, seeing Phil Vischer, Mike Naraki, and all sorts of other people just talking about the creative process that went into making these episodes. And then uh, sometimes I am talking to some people that people have seen, or sometimes I'm talking to people that no one even knows about and those stories are also just insanely unique and all of that to say is that because i just love hearing the the life stories um the memories and the moments of these people that i want to try to make it go on as long as i can i think um maybe some people may speculate that once we hit phil fisher or mike naraki then the podcast will serve its purpose but i know for a fact that there are more people than just phil fisher and mike naraki and so even if i were to uh, interview them uh, at some point, which I'm really hoping for, um, those are not the end. And they are only the beginning for a much greater, newer chapter of our of our podcast. So, yeah, we I want to keep it going on as long as I can. From the biggest, some of the biggest names of VT, to some of the smallest, and some of the most obscure people that no one has ever heard about. As long as, uh, as, long as we try to do our best to try to get these people, uh, that's all I'll, that's all I ever wish for. Anyone got, is fair game. I just got some serious um, Archibald speech vibes from that. You know, that was a very end of silliness moment. Really? I, I, did, not, I, I did not get that at all. This is not the end. When I get Phil Vischer, that will not be the end. No, it will only have just begun. Like in my exactly. brain, I was oh, yeah, visualizing that, you. Yeah, that makes that, sense. That actually, yeah. <laughs> if I get like, you know, those guys like, yeah, that'd be insane. And that'd be crazy. But like I said, it would not be the end. It only be a new beginning, a new chapter. I can't wait to see how far it goes. Um, was there anything else about the podcast that the audience should know before moving on? Or um, does that about sum up what's the big idea? You know, I find I find it really funny uh, whenever we announce, like, an episode or something like that, people try to guess who we have on board. And uh, the, the thing I will say is this. We have expanded our reach 
in terms of contacting people so far and wide, I'm willing to bet 95% that if you guessed a person for our podcast, we have probably at least reached out to them in some way or form. Because um, Lunch has done some great detective work. And honestly, without him, I would probably not be able to find half of these people. So Lunch is uh, a, the backbone of this podcast. He is the goat of this podcast. So yeah. Um, and then the other thing is also just, it's always great to to just see how with each continuing interview we uh keep improving some of the questions how we present ourselves and whatnot um so yeah and you know i'm never gonna officially confirm anyone until i officially confirm someone so yeah but you know you just have to win seats it's always a surprise we'll, we'll know what's next when it's next i love it so far um very well edited well put together i like all the references to the dvds that you slip in there just in the visuals um that stood out to me the first time. I was like, oh my gosh, that looks like a, you know, whatever, the, the back of a VeggieTales DVD or tape or whatever with like the boxes and the lesson box and the, you know, all that all that stuff that made the aesthetics of VeggieTales videos. So, uh, chef's kiss. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because, I mean, VeggieTales fans have a very keen eye on in terms of like the art style and all sorts of crazy things. So, I mean, we want to replicate that as much as possible. Um, and uh, it won't be probably until like a while later that we'll try to experiment with, hey, why don't we try to do this style? Because right now, yeah, we, we are trying to do the the Lyric Studios kind of releases, but who knows? Maybe like after 10 episodes or something, we might try to do a different style of DVD or something like that. But yeah, um, Mr. Lunch again, super helpful for, for finding the visual identity and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, Lunch is the goat of these interviews. So yeah, thanks, awesome. Lunch. Yeah, of course. Yeah virtual handshake there that's poggers <laughs> so y'all do more than just um the podcast we'll start with you Rezio. you make video reviews and essays is that a is that a fair statement is that how you describe your channel yeah honestly i mean it's funny because my my channel was just strictly about reviews but um i think in a way the the age of the internet reviewer and the internet critic has has died and that you know we have we i mean we do have a lot of people that are that were from the old guard i would say of youtube like nostalgia critic avgn and stuff like that but for the most part it's not like 2015 2016 anymore you know um and what what has come to surface now is just more like instead of people having these alternate personalities it's more just people just kind of be more honest about their approach to things and originally again trying to provide the shortened version so i have like the three hour long version that i could get into um, but my channel was originally called Some Dude Who Arts, and my plan was originally just to review Christian media, because it was uh, something that I was passionate about, and I'm, I'm still decently passionate about it today. Not as much as I used to be, but yeah. Um, my plan was to review VeggieTales nonstop, and I started growing like a really small cult audience there. Um, and then something happened that uh, involved um, someone else, and maybe one day I'll probably get to the specifics of it at some point down the road, but it made me want to disassociate myself from becoming a veg, quote unquote veggie YouTuber. I didn't want to be just put in the VeggieTales box. And so for a while, um, I was just kind of thinking what to do with my YouTube channel. And then I eventually just realized that, you know, I love so many things. And because I didn't want to be pigeonholed into a specific subject or a specific type of video, I was just like, you know what, why not just open the floodgates and just talk about whatever I want to talk about. So that was the the, the genesis of the, the Brazil uh, channel and 
from there on, you know, I kind of charted my own course about like, you know, if I want to talk about a TV show, I'm going to talk about a TV show. If I talk about a movie, I'm going to talk about a movie. If I talk about a video game, a video game, an album, an album. And uh, it's just really freeing. Instead of like, say, um, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure that you get this feeling because you're a VT YouTuber, right? Like maybe one day I don't want, I don't feel like posting about VeggieTales. You know, what if I want to do a SpongeBob, you know, because that's what you brought up earlier. But then you're like, okay, but the only way for me to, for it to somewhat make sense is that I would have to put on a separate YouTube channel or I would have to start from scratch or something like that, you know, because the, the audience disconnect is, is big, you know. Um, but the way that I've charted myself, it's just like I'm open up to anything, um, anything that I'm interested in, anything that I'm really passionate about. It's like that's what I want to talk about. And um, it's really fun because I've, I've collaborated with a lot of people as well. Sudoku Brony has been the one that has shown up the most frequently in my videos. And uh, he's probably and... been my earliest Internet uh, friend of mine. So shout out to Sudoku Brony. I love making videos with that man. Um, and also Mr. Lunch also started getting featured on some as well, um, particularly the worship songs video, which I absolutely love. And ironically enough, this is a detail that no one is ever going to get. So exclusive info. But in the background, when I'm showing up all the cool footage, I'm in this park. And this park has been one that has meant a lot to me sentimentally for a myriad of different reasons. And funnily enough, I am standing in this exact same park um, talking to Finn about VeggieTales and all sorts of that stuff. So it's, it's a funny way of how everything just kind of comes full circle. So Dang, there we go. I also featured lunch in my most recent video, The End of Silliness one, which is uh, probably my favorite video I've put out to, to date. So yeah, check that need, out if you uh, haven't already. I do need to watch that all the way through. I have a hard time um, finding time to just sit down and, and watch anything TV-wise or YouTube-wise. But that's something that's in my watch later list still because um, I love the beginning, you know, where it just gets real dark and it's like, you know, that one statement that Archibald made, you know, created a, a traumatizing event in VeggieTales history and the whole screen just gets dark <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is good. I mean, it's, it's true, though. You, you it, can't say that I'm wrong. And then it, with the mic, the mic drop and then, and then Lunch comes in and starts talking. The whole thing's very well put together. For Mr. Lunch now, when did you start archiving? Um, I know that archiving's tough now with, you know, like before, you know, maybe two years ago, three years ago, you could legally upload anything VeggieTales and no one cared. Uh, VeggieTales would literally claim the video and say, yeah, go for it. We're just going to run ads. Like they didn't care. They knew about it. They didn't care. Uh, and then something happened where they decided they cared. And I think that something was primarily yippy. Um, yeah. And then they just slapped everything on their YouTube channel. So that's probably what should they have the right to do. It's their content. Yada, yada. I get that. I'm not as torn up as some people about full VeggieTales episodes not being uploaded to YouTube, but I am more torn up about losing the archived footage, the foreign VeggieTales content, because I don't really see that as a substitute for the original. Uh, I don't think that's something that should be taken down necessarily. I, I'd have to think more about that. But like if someone's looking to watch you know, an episode of VeggieTales and they want you to pay for it or watch it on their channel, and then someone like you uploads the, I don't know, Taiwanese Josh and the Big Wall, I don't think anyone's going to use that as a substitute for watching actual, you know, the, the American version of the episode. Um, yeah. So I don't really see any reason to take it down. No one's just going to sit there and consume the visuals and be like, yeah, I'm never going to pay for it now. I don't know where you can access that stuff now. I just know you've archived a heck of a lot of stuff, and I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, so um, I remember back in 2018, that's when I first joined, uh, what basically inspired me to do that stuff was, um, I believe it was someone, they uploaded a... Veggie tells in Japanese, it was like, are you my neighbor? And like, ooh, this is something that's uh, 
interesting to me. This seems to be interesting because it had a it it had localization. It had like Japanese titles um in the episode, like edited versions. And then I I remember starting it to reach out to people who have um starting to reach out to people who had those DVDs and basically archive them. And so I I would put them up on YouTube and archive.org. But as you know, in 2021, they started taking them down. And I remember I was in a group chat and everyone, literally everyone was devastated. They were like, oh, and be, and <laughs> I remember there's one funny comment where it's like, oh, VeggieTales should be um, sold off to Warner Brothers. And I'm like, that is never going to happen. <laughs> and what good would that do too? <laughs> Warner Brothers would probably still block it. True, true. And plus, uh, people don't save it on like, you know, Google Drive, they probably just, um, from my personal experience, I've just seen people just like upload them and then delete them right off their computer as soon as it's uploaded, which is literally not good archiving. You're not archiving it. You're hosting out of a site that's just basically, it's basically like a factory. Like if this is approved and this is approved and this is not approved, this is not approved. And Veggie Sales in 2021 was not being approved. So all of that was gone to, gone to broken pieces. And I still have a lot of them on my computer. So it's basically, I have to pick up all those pieces and put them back on, which is a bit annoying. Cause I tried to do that with, um, I believe it was called the ultimate VeggieTales archive on archive.org, something like that. But then again, Universal took all of it down. I still have them on my computer, but it was very annoying cause it literally take hours for me to upload on archive.org. Cause it's very annoying to um, upload on there. And so I'm basically, picking up the pieces, trying to piece them together and yeah, just finding some more info about, I'm still interested, but not as much as before, you know. This might be outlandish, but have you thought about, we'll see, this probably wouldn't do any good. I doubt they'd give permission, but do you think it would be possible to get permission from VeggieTales to upload foreign stuff and be like, hey, this is the type of stuff you guys haven't shared anywhere. It's not a substitute for the original. I'm not going to make money on it, yada, yada. Can I put it I up mean, somewhere and not have it taken down? Do you think it would be possible to strike a deal with the owners? It'd be going through certain like copyright loopholes because you have to go through the company that owns the dubbing studio who did Veggie Sales, you know? So it's like it's like a lot of waiting on that. And so that's why I'm kind of constrained on that. And as well as like, um, you know, Veggie Sales does really bad stuff on how they release stuff. Because if you've seen their uploads, they're they're not in good quality. As you can tell, you could, there's like, the audio is doubled sometimes. There's like TV lines sometimes, and it's just like they it, it's all messed up. You know, it's been it's been locked in the shuffling like for 20 years, and the archive basically or whoever screwed them up because it's like old uh old encoding stuff. So because I know they started releasing um veggie sales in Korean on DVD again for some reason, and that is so strange. They put some of it on streaming service, but some of them are just like. Some of them are literally so bad that they decide to just not because the first Brazilian Portuguese dub was so bad that they had to they had to redub it. They didn't like it, so they had to redub it. The third one didn't like the second dub, so they tried to make a third dub, and then that caused a lot of conflict. And that means a lot of episodes are lost in the shuffle. It's a lot of work. I don't really intend on doing that, but what I intend to do is just put them back up somewhere. Unfortunately, it'll have to be share only through Google Drive if you DM me, because um I know that probably VeggieTales sees those uploads and will take them uh 
whenever they can. They'll, they'll take those uh, Google Drive uploads. That's what I intend to do. I'm shocked they haven't taken down the VeggieTales Music Archive stuff yet. Um, yeah, me too. Because if too. they did, it would it would be kind of hard to get mad at them, you know? Like, it'd, it'd be understandable why they wouldn't want, you know... I don't know, I'm just shocked they haven't cracked down on that yet, because surely they know about it, but maybe not. I don't know. Um, as for archiving stuff, I'm not a copyright guru, for sure, um, but fair use is such a vague term. I'm I'm pretty sure that archiving... Uh, footage and, and media that isn't you know publicly available from the company and you know or isn't distributed anymore i'm pretty sure that is allowed um but then again it might be a case-by-case -case basis where it's like you can do it but then if the company decides they don't want you to they can make you stop you know so i don't i don't know but i've always heard that archiving lost media counted as, as fair use you know especially when not not done commercially i'd recommend people look that up for themselves to make sure yeah, if I could actually say something real quick about what you were talking about with lunch, um, was that uh, actually the thing was was this in the old days of Veggie Tales, um, this was probably like 2013, 2015. This is how ancient this was. I remember there was this one YouTube channel. I forgot the the guy's name, but it was like Josh something, right? He used to be one of the guys, one of the many people who uploaded like the entire series on YouTube, and those videos stayed up for a number of years, and it probably wasn't until like 2016 or 2017 that uh, Universal, or actually, no, I think this, this was before Universal. DreamWorks decided to, to, to swing the hammer of justice and completely nuke the, the episodes off the face of the planet. So all of this to say was that in, in the older days, what Big Idea would do was that they would allow these episodes to be up for a while, run ads on them, but then it would only take like several years before they, for some reason that day, just felt like copyright striking. Um, but then, you know, it would be years before something like that would happen again some fans would just be uploading and stuff like that and i remember those were the wild wild west days of like vhs rips but then as you mentioned around 2021 that was when big idea became super strict and probably was because of yippee that they became more hands-on with the copyright approach so uh second thing that you asked lunch about whether it'd be possible for him to get permission that is not going to happen mainly due to the fact that um besides the the, the obvious strain of like trying to find these foreign dubbing companies and uh, all these licensors that are probably most of them are out of business and stuff like that. It would be a huge, huge pain to try to find all these people to get all of them to sign on and say yes. And quite frankly, I just think that VeggieTales just doesn't care. Um, if they did care, then they probably would have them uh, available at some point. But the other thing is that in, in YouTube, you can block videos for specific regions and whatnot. So some of these people, like what Lunch was saying about the Korean DVDs, I think, or something like that, that uh, these people probably just have it only available for Korea because that's who, it, who it's made for. And, uh, you know, some companies, they don't want to make everything readily available. They only want a specific demographic watching the thing that was made for them, uh, much to the chagrin of fans. So I think that, quite frankly, it's it's an, basically an impossibility for, for, for Mr. Lunch to try to play this long, stupid copyright game and even if there was like a coalition of fans veggie tales unfortunately it really sucks when i say this but i think more fans just need to hear this it's just not a property that's big enough for uh universal dreamworks comcast to really care about like uh, catering to the hardcore fans because yeah fans would definitely love to see these episodes on youtube and stuff like that but we aren't big enough to that point that there's a hardcore veggie tales market the hardcore veggie market is very minuscule right it's only like, if you know, you know. So I think it's an impossibility for, for them to try to 
do something like that, much less try to make all of these different language dubs available for everyone to see. So now, yeah, I would think that VeggieTales would be the only one that have to give permission. I wouldn't think VeggieTales would have to get permission from the dubbing companies. That all depends on all of their like license agreements and stuff like that. Um, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, we don't even know what the terms and conditions are because, you know, that stuff is all NDA. I guess hypothetically they could if they wanted to, but like I said, there is no incentive for them because I'm assuming that with a lot of these dubs and stuff like that, they had these really short runs and, uh, you know, they weren't profitable in the long run. Um, and if they were, they probably would do a better job of preserving these these things. But the fact of the matter is I'm willing to bet that a lot of them just didn't uh, do well financially. So because of that, it's like, why should we care about something that financially didn't do any any good for us you know what i mean yeah fair enough moving on from archival assuming assuming that covers it i want to hear about veggie tales in ai which is the name i've dubbed <laughs> for what you're doing um i don't know what you call it but veggie tales in ai uh sounds right to me i never thought i would hear mr nezzer singing american pie i never thought i'd hear jimmy gord singing hooked on a feeling and i didn't realize how much <laughs> i needed to hear bob singing fireflies by al city um so please tell me about this. Everything about this. It was like all those SpongeBob covers and Mr. Krabs and every and everything like that. It's like, hmm, maybe it's something that I should try getting into too. I remember I was struggling to figure out how to do it. Uh, the first model I made was Mr. Nezer. It was like a singing model, but it did not turn out good because you know Mr. Nezer is like a low range, a low range voice. But he turned out to be like the middle range voice and it was kind of crackly and all that. And I was like, no, that's not going to roll. So I decided to do something a little bit simpler and something that is like it's with both um, singing and dialogue. And so uh, so it's like the, both ranges, like they can range from anywhere. And so I think my first model was I think it was Larry and it was Larry from the 90s or something. And then I put that up there, Billy Jean, uh, Larry Larry sings Billy Jean. The model, uh, in further side, I should have used uh, recent episodes because that was like really old Larry, like 95, 96, Larry the Cucumber. And then and then I realized my mistake and I'm like, oh. And what, what surprised me is that after that, I posted that on Seaman Flip server. He was like, hey, I have some RVC models. Hey, do you want to try them out? And I'm like, sure, sure. And then that's how American Pie was done and Bob singing Fireflies. And I think um, it was the one with Bob and Larry singing Monsters, Inc. But the process of, of making AI is very grueling because you literally have to get 10 minutes of the character talking, which is basically just... No, there's supposed to be no background music, no background vocals, so that's very hard to do, especially when it's like a long panned episode. I remember being bored out of my mind editing um Pograp's voice model, but in the end, I did make it, and it's been really fun doing that. I haven't really made much models because, again, I have a lot of things because I have the podcast, I have all other things I want to do this summer. I'd say I'm pretty satisfied with it so far. And Mr. Lunch is junkies, man. It's I remember that was just an alt. It was just a funny alt name. But now it's just an actual account now. Cause I made like I don't know how many accounts I made for Mr. Lunch's junkies, but I made like almost 50 accounts of <laughs> just Mr. Lunch's junkies 47 or whatever. That's the last one I made, I think. And uh yeah, that's how it all came together. Yeah, you forgot the part where I was telling you that you needed 
to make um a veggie AI cover of a uh, of uh, Memories. Memories by Maroon Five because <laughs> the goats, the goats known as Blue Dad, um in their video where they quote unquote found tornado hunters, they made uh that little brief AI stint, and I was just like, bro, where's the rest of it? Um, and so when I heard that Lutz was testing with this whole AI thing, I was like, bro, you need to you need to make this. And uh, fortunately, the the wait was most certainly worth it because it is it's finally a dream come true. The VeggieTales <laughs> covers Maroon Five uh, collaboration that no one ever wanted or needed has finally been fulfilled. So thank you, Internet. I would argue that we both needed. I don't know how many people wanted it. I know a, a niche audience definitely wanted it, but the world needed it. I think people didn't realize they needed it until they got it. You know. Yeah. Shoutouts to to the Blue Dad crew. I think uh, I know Whoop is a part of it. Chloe, I think, is a part of it. There's some other people that I don't know who are, but thank you guys for starting, for making Mr. Lunch have the legs to walk, and now he has the legs to run. Thank y'all. Yeah, as far as Blue Day goes, I know of whoop Chloe, and Don, and then I believe there's Cake Brunch, but I haven't talked to Cake Brunch. I've just talked to the the three people who I had on the show for the Blue Dead show. And what was that, the memories video, didn't it revolve around like a Janice Emmons thing? Oh, yeah, it was, um, <laughs> it was, uh, it was Paw Grape. It was the Pirates Who Don't Do Anything singing All Star. And I remember uh, starting that video. Do you remember All Star Swong? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was the crappy AI cover. I've heard. I don't know if this is true. Did Uber Duck VeggieTales voices get taken down? They did get taken down. Yeah, Thank the, the got God. Taken down. Thank God. Yeah, that voice just did not sound good. God. I can't stand. I'm sorry. I'm going to speak on this. And it's no hate to anyone in the fandom. I love what everyone's doing. But I can't stand clicking on a really nice looking VeggieTales animation, and it is the worst AI voice. I would much rather hear people do impressions, even if their impressions aren't great. Mine aren't amazing, but I enjoy doing them. I would much rather hear people do impressions or get other people in the fandom to do natural voice impressions, or just get some really good AI. I'd rather hear impressions ultimately. But Uber Duck, I am yeah. I'm not gonna miss that. I, I'm not gonna miss hearing it in fan episodes. I'm not gonna miss you know. Clicking on an animation and Bob goes, "Hey Larry, do you think that we should go to Cordy to see what we have to learn today?" <laughs> yeah, Bob, I think oh. we should go to Cordy. Okay, we will go to Cordy and see what we have learned today. No, it's uh, who yeah. who make who who hears that and thinks, "Oh, that's better than than any impression we could get." No, was Uber Duck the one that has like um I don't know how you call it, but whenever you listen to like the audio, they have like this kind of like fuzz or static, and it's like super obvious, and it's like really distracting is that what uber duck was yes and I it's also so, responsible yeah. for all the stroke videos which was it's funny i like the stroke videos but we have too oh, many boy. of them now and they make less sense every time because i think the first one is just like jimmy has a stroke which is blue meteor that might have been the first and it's hilarious uh but then there's one called jerry tries to say uh hockey club of peru but has a stroke <laughs> and i don't know where that came from um but they get they get more confusing every time like why hockey club of Peru. I don't know. Yeah. Like they're just like trying to name random. I, I don't know. Yeah. Rest in peace, Uber Duck. Yeah. Yeah. My policy on AI is basically just, you know, if if the character is swearing just to be, you know, just as like a funny point or like, or like is getting the point across, right? Then it's definitely okay, uh, in my opinion, in my eyes. But uh, I always try to do kind of less of that because the thing is, is that I know that voice actors have come out and was like, um, you shouldn't use my voice, you know, to do these certain things. Like, you're not supposed to use my voice at all for, for X, Y, Z. And I try to kind of respect that. 
So that's why uh, most of the songs don't really contain swearing, which, you know, I'm fine with. And I had that fear with the Gold Digger Mr. Lunt video. I thought, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was yeah. going to say, it's a, the beauty and the curse of AI, making but, it do things yeah. that should never happen. If it's really clear that it's AI, I don't think that reflects badly on the voice actor. Um, however, you do have people who would take that out of context and try to get people in trouble, you know? Yeah. Look what Phil Vishu said. Anyone remember this VeggieTales episode? It's just that we haven't gotten to the point. We're starting to, but we haven't gotten to the point where AI could literally like uh, make things up to like the most like perfect degree yet. But we are getting to that point. But yeah, I mean, I think AI is fine if you're using it for fun and stuff like that. But as long as it's not like you're trying to profit off of this sort of thing, you know, you're um, trying to cancel people, and obviously yeah. you're trying to make parodies of it. Because I mean, I love the presidential AI stuff. I don't know if you've seen those YouTube channels, but those channels are hilarious. Like <laughs> yeah, Joe, Biden, Joe Biden, Obama, Donald Trump, uh, and Donald Trump playing Obama, games and doing oh, whatever. Like that are... stuff is fine because it's like it's so obviously a parody of those three presidents, right? That it's like, yeah, like you know, there's a lot of creativity, there's a lot of hard work that goes into creating those those videos. So it makes sense um, for that to be like, uh, I don't know, fan funded, having patrons and stuff like that. But when you try to say, hey, this AI is something that someone actually said, um, then that's where we have problems. And that was that's actually the reason why we have that whole like Actors Guild uh, strike going on right now, because uh, they wanted AI to to take the, the roles of actual real people so they could use their likeness for the rest of their lives, which is obviously uh, terrible and that you should definitely not do that. Well, first off. Uh, VeggieTales, you could take any episode of the podcast and make it Phil and Mike talking, which is cool, oh, yeah. but at, at the same time, if Universal were to start using that to make their episodes, they wouldn't have to work with Phil and Mike, which they seem to have such an issue with, which is stupid. Um, yeah. But they wouldn't have <laughs> to work. Yeah, it's absurd, but since they have such a problem with working with the people who made the show, they wouldn't have to do that, right? Um, right. And they could still use their voices, and I don't like that, because they should be allowed to voice their characters. They shouldn't be replaced by... I mean, my brother was saying this the other day. We were talking about AI. We were talking about AI, and we mentioned he's going into construction, and I'm going into voiceover and animation. And he was like, now would be a good time to really narrow in on animation while that's plausible. He said, because voiceover is not looking like a plausible career anymore. He said, um, which I would hope isn't true, but it certainly could be. Um you know, still, y'all do your voices and have fun, everyone listening, but, like, there's there's no guarantee you're going to get hired to do that stuff if AI can... They could fire Tom Kenny and have 50 years of Spongebob episodes, line them up and, and get him out with the same voice, you know? They could make Walt yeah. Disney voice Mickey Mouse again. You know, we've already got Michael Jackson singing... Not Michael Jackson. um, Johnny Cash singing Barbie Girl, which is unironically really fun to listen to. Um, yeah, some of those but Plankton it's, it's... AI covers hit harder than they should. I don't know. Yeah, but it's one thing if you're just doing it for fun and it's like, haha, look at look at how funny it sounds, you know. Um, but then it's another thing when, um, for, you know, like I said about the whole like actor strike, like that's the reason why these people are striking it. Same thing with the writers, because these companies see what AI can do and they're like, oh, we want to just have uh, an AI, AI create a script. We don't have to pay writers anymore. Um, we want to use someone's likeness and use them for the rest of their existence even further beyond. And uh, even before this, years ago, I remember there was a, in the music scene, there was this headline where they had a concert of Tupac. And they had an AI holographic projection of Tupac. And I was like, this is really terrible. Um, because you're using his, someone's likeness and they're dead. And they don't even approve this crap. And even if it's the estate, like, that's just like some shady, some shady territory that we're getting to. And I really, 
hope that we're not dealing with a timeline where everything gets taken over by AI because that would just be awful. If you use AI to help you, then that's fine. I do think some people take it maybe too seriously, not in that sense, because that's true. Um, jobs should not be lost over AI. But um, there's a server, great server, wonderful server, wonderful people. I love the server. Uh, but Mr. Lunch knows about this. Uh, you can't send AI stuff in it because they think that's I, – I don't know what difference that's going to make them not letting you send a, a VeggieTales AI cover in the server. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I do know what you're talking about. It's like – I don't. It's probably what difference happened. is that going to make, you know? I know. Yeah, that's that's stupid. It's like, okay, I get what you mean. Like, yeah, I understand, but at the same time, I, I just feel like people are just trying to do it as like a way of just being performative about it, like trying to quote-unquote, I stand in solidarity. It's like, shut up. People are going to be using AI with or without you. And plus, like I said, these people are probably not looking for a profit anyway, so it's like... Squidward, Squidward singing My Way by Frank Sinatra, that never would have existed without AI, and it's freaking beautiful. So I thank, <laughs> I thank AI for that. It, it will make you ball it's just my gosh perfect yeah, but I mean, material that type of stuff needs to exist um but just yeah but as long as it's not affecting people's jobs and that's not affecting yeah roger bump and even job. and even then we're ai is still imperfect because i mean if you look at any of these ai videos coming out right now any of these ai covers you can most certainly tell it is a robot because they haven't got everything perfect yet so it's like we're not at that phase where we should legit be worried about that kind of thing yet so it's like just just let people have their fun. Like, stop, stop trying to be like, oh no, you can't. On Come that on. though, on that, um, my mom was talking to me about this the other day, and she was like, yeah, Congress is doing some some meeting about AI and you know all that stuff. Um, and she said, but you can still tell it's not AI. She said you can tell if something's not AI. And I said, yeah. I said, but a year ago, you could most certainly tell something was AI. You know, because it's hey, Larry, come over to the countertop. You know, you could definitely tell it was AI. Now we're to the point where it's getting very hard to tell it's AI. Uh, you almost can't tell. So one more year, I wouldn't be shocked if they had it perfect. Like, what? It's not going to take that much more effort to make it perfect, you know? Yeah. I, I, I mean, don't think it's going to take much of a stretch to get to the finish line and make a perfect product. No, not yet. But the one thing that I thought was kind of was really dumb was that I think it was either it was either Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg saying that we need to have like this six month period where no one's developing AI tools. And I'm like, that is so dumb because just because, say, the United States outlaws AI, you know what that means? Every other country is going to get the technological jump on us. And like I said, I think that we can coexist with AI. It just depends on the situation and whatnot. But if you were to try to halt that kind of development, we would be behind. And then I think other companies, other countries would probably benefit from it a lot more than we are by us what? just being all like, we need to stop development for six months. Like, what is that going to do? After six so. months, they're just going to develop everything. They'll be late developing it, but it's still going to exist. You know, like that's not. Gonna... But there's always going to be underground people doing it. You know, illegally. And why? Because you can't stop progress. So yeah, agreed. And Chat GPT. Yeah. Um, that's one thing I'm not a huge fan of. Just because I don't. I say not a huge fan just because what it what it could be used for, which I guess is once again with AI. You know, it's like the difference between saying I hate AI and the difference between saying I hate when AI. You know, has potential to take someone's job because I hate that, but I don't hate AI itself. Um, but Chat GPT, not crazy about that because you literally yeah, no. don't write anything and there's no proof of originality anymore. You know, I got on there. I never solemnly swearing right now to never use Chat GPT for content. I just I did a live stream with um with Dario and Joe, um, where we used Chat GPT to write stupid stuff and we had fun with that. But it's never going to go farther than that. We we showed the screen as we were doing it and just had fun. I'll never use it for content. It's and there's no like I said, no proof of originality because I I told it to write something, 
it wrote something. And then I came back five minutes later, not even five minutes later, I refreshed the screen and put the exact same caption in, and it wrote something completely different off of the same plot. You say, write an essay about a backscratcher. It will write you an essay. And then um, refresh it and ask it to do that again. It's going to give you something completely different. And I'm sorry, now I'm you all got me talking too. I know I'm supposed to be interviewing you guys, so thank you for you know bearing with me, but it's more of a discussion now, I guess. I asked it to write yeah. a story about my characters. I said, write a story about two ducks named Hawk and Jemima. So they killed Hawk. Hawk drowns. Something sinks to the bottom of the pond and he freaking dies. And then he like floats to the surface and then she finds him. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's gross. And then um, I asked them to write another story and they kept that story. They carried on from that story. They kept the continuity from that story, um, which was really scary. Like I said, okay, write a story about them. And they wrote it. And I said, write another. And they wrote another, but all of a sudden he's not there because they killed him in the first one. And they- that is so demented that is really, crazy it's really creepy so they registered that they had killed my character in the first story and then you know alluded to that in the second story and i'm like oh that's that's creepy that's really creepy yeah. <laughs> creepy pastas are about to be taken to a whole nother level with this chat gtp thing if it hasn't already well and the reason i made it kill my you know or i wrote about my character i don't know if i had written in the beginning i think what i had written was write a story with two ducks and it wrote the story and then i said write a story with two ducks but one dies and i think they killed him after i wrote that because they will not kill any character that's recognizable so if you say write a story about bob and larry but one dies and they learn about grief can't do it it says we can't kill a beloved character and that could be a beloved character like mickey mouse or a beloved character like archibald asparagus it, it ranges you know between you know, fame and, you know, who's more well-known or whatever. They they recognize just like any well-known character. Um, but you come up with a character name you've created that people haven't heard enough about, that's not widespread enough, then they don't consider that to be a globally beloved character and they can they can kill them. But they they won't kill Mickey Mouse or SpongeBob, which is interesting. And even, and even though there's probably a version of chat, chat GDP that doesn't have that restriction so people can just go buck wild with their uh, imaginations. Yeah, we'll move on from AI now. I think that you know, that was kind of a hot take, talking about AI, right? Um, yeah. And we're going to talk about so. more hot takes, but that's that's certainly a, that's that's more of a smoldering take. Um, well, while we're talking about these hot takes, can you make me a spicy chicken Chick-fil-A sandwich? And also, can you serve that with a Coke, please? My I'm pleasure. I'm quite hungry over here. My pleasure. <laughs> I love it. Oh, wait, so, that's what you say, Finn. You say that. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you should work. You should have worked for McDonald's instead. Yeah. <laughs> okay, hot takes. Raziel, Raziel loves Jonah. We have actually, I cannot be further from the truth, and because of that, I'm going to destroy Larry Boy in the fifth round of space for lying, because you clearly have not learned your lesson. We've done um, movie nights, and uh, Raziel always makes us watch Jonah, and we're all so, I have never even participated so, in these movie nights. We're so freaking tired of Raziel bringing his copy of Jonah to the sleepovers i don't even know where you live it gets it gets so old but he just we have never had movie nights together worn, why are you lying he has worn the jonah dvd you need to, to stop lying before almost, i destroy my spanish jonah tape almost, in my house right now it almost doesn't work anymore yeah that's right then you brought the spanish jonah tape to spice things i'm up. going to destroy the tape the first thing that i get one home i've had enough night. of this absolute slander <laughs> the by one finnegan wrote this is why you guys can never trust finn by the way i would just like to mention that this guy yeah he has a very disgusting disturbing relationship with a certain someone that i probably should mention that person's name is your mother I'm you don't like know. jonah either yeah jonah dude 
Frick you. Jonah's the best. Jonah's turban. Jonah's turban looks like a giant pasta noodle. I want to unravel it off of his head and eat it. It looks so good. Hey, Finn. Can, Random thought. Here's a question. Can you make an essay uh, talking about how Jonah is a good film? Hmm? Because I made it how it's a bad film. I could. He's gonna use ChatGTP to do it. No, no, no. I could, I could, I could give an essay right now. We already know Raziel's hot take on Jonah. Mister Lunch, why don't you tell us what you think about Jonah? Well, I honestly think it's uh, Big Idea's uh, biggest mistake that they ever done. He's uh, lying in terms of videos because of like they could have made the Bob and Larry movie, bro. They could have made that because that actually had more interesting things of going on. But in John, it's just like screaming and random jokes thrown at the wall and terrible not terrible animation but like really shoddy outdated kind of 3d animation like sure it was groundbreaking but like looking at it now it looks very rough um a big idea of trying to experiment things they've never done before and kind of failing badly on it uh especially with the water the water just looks like a blue carpet so it's the blue carpet <laughs> it wasn't even groundbreaking when it was uh when it was out I know what you're yeah, because about. you know you know so dumb. They released it right next to Red Dragon. <laughs> they released it to another financially more interesting movie, right? What would you say is worst VeggieTales album? Because we talked about this beforehand, and I know this could be controversial because I don't think the one that you like is the worst one well, for no. the fact that you like it. I love all of them, but it's funny because so they're all terrible. So all End VeggieTales albums are terrible. They're all terrible. Does that mean you hate all, all the episodes awful. too? Yeah, they're all even King all, George. This is the worst show. This is the worst show I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I so hate we should, Tales. we should do what Kev said and move to Dorby's. We should we need to shut down this podcast and rename it to something else. We should make it the SpongeBob podcast instead. That'd be better. But for I, everyone love SpongeBob. Involved. I love SpongeBob. Yeah, at least you are ruining SpongeBob's space and not BT. That's all I have to say. Huh. I don't know how to take that. I'm out of water. I'm out of LaCroix sparkling water. I'm out of black rifle coffee. LaCroix. LaCroix? Is it LaCroix? I don't know. Maybe. Might be. Looks like a freaking X. I can't tell. It's one or the other. Um, Might be solid. I'm out of drinks. I'm out of drinks. But when I come back, we're going to be discussing um, the worst VeggieTales album, which will be controversial because I don't think there are any VeggieTales albums, at least that I've heard, that people have a specific hate for. Even the Princessy albums and stuff, I rarely hear people say, I don't like this album, I don't like this soundtrack, yada, yada, yada. Very rarely hear those that. Are, so whichever those one are just you, soundtracks. Well, so I mean, they're still technically albums. So whatever VeggieTales CD or out. My favorite album personally is the Best of Bob, and uh, what's it called? Playtime songs and bath time songs. Those are great. You all know what I'm talking about, right? Spotify. This kid is off his skittles. <laughs> VeggieTales albums. Let's talk about VeggieTales albums. Um, Christmas music. That is actually uh, <laughs> that's a hard one. That's Did you say one. Christian music? That's what I thought you said as well. Um, yeah, but I know I'm what you meant. I mean, he's not wrong. That album, the covers are really bad. I re-listened to that a while ago. I Wait, was you don't, like, wow, you don't like that this one? This album was bad. No, it's boring. It's so boring. I, I used to like it. Mr. I what, in the to. light? No. Oh, I, wow. Okay, this is a I hot take. This is a hot take. I need to hear about this, but I love... Mr. L- <laughs> in the Larry singing Smelling oh Coffee, Mr. Nezer singing <laughs> Trumpet of Jesus. This is, I love this album. It's 
not to contradict what you all were saying, I just genuinely do like it. I, I grew I just, up with I just it. think um, it's a good album to put on while you're sleeping or something. When Mr. A... Nezzer hits the bass and starts singing about the trumpet of Jesus, you're going to wake up from any sleep, I promise. Sure, buddy. Just trying to sleep and you hear, I listen to the trumpet of Jesus. You're, you're going you're gonna to ascend. You're going to start floating, levitating above your bed. That's what's going to happen. No, what happens when you listen to the album is that your whatever device you're using to listen to it is going to start malfunctioning. So and then guys, you're going to be like, why is it not working? And it's going to be it's like, kinda, you know, it's kind of this trash. It's going to be because know, of the trumpet of Jesus. You know, it's kind of ironic because there's Junior's Bedtime Stories, which isn't really boring. But you have uh, Christian uh, hits music, which makes it <laughs> boring. So, you, don't, you guys don't it, like Christian It's hits. just the veggie characters trying to do like these rock songs, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, no, it does not work, Pass. and also just them also ad libbing too much. It's like, no, this is this is not the move. This really is not the move, man. So how about the country album? Because that's pretty similar. Oh, that's the country album. That's a banger. That's a good album. So you do like the country album? So it's not the ad libbing as much. It's just the the songs. No, that I they're think covering. I think honestly, a lot of the time when the characters are talking in the albums, it gets pretty annoying. Sometimes, Sometimes. they go on. It's a, it's a case by case basis. Sometimes it's more bearable than others, but in the case of Christian music, it's, it's unbearable. It it also really depends bad. on like if it's funny or not. Like if it's not funny, it's like oh shut up, please. I want to zip this uh, character's mouth for a second. I just want to hear the music. There are some right. jokes. There are some jokes that fall. I like it when they're talking in between the songs better than when they're talking during the songs. But yeah. Like, an instrumental break. I I get why they're talking because it's like you know otherwise. You take that clip of the instrumental, it's just the song. So VeggieTales tries to make it their own by doing this. But I think instead what they could do, you know, on that scene when they're just instrumental, they could just kind of, you know, they could even come up with a new lyric for the instrumental break. You know, I do think some of the back and forth within the song breaks the song. But I've never minded it. I mean, it's never stood out to me. You know, I've never listened to one of those albums and been like, oh, that's annoying. You know, to me, Phil and Mike ad-libbing in the booth is top tier VeggieTales stuff like some of that Jonah Jonah's bonus not back to Jonah but the bonus features at least can we can we admit I'll, can we agree I'll, I'll give the it, bonus I'll give features it on Jonah I'll give are it funny this. the uh the one where um where, where Mr. Londis talked about how he got the the, the on, on his crap like, that is so bizarre oh yeah they that pulled her funny. tendons to make her walk across the table <laughs> yeah that's weird no stuff. I mean here's the thing it's all about this. It's all about context. Like VeggieTales doing commentary or talking in like the bonus features. That's fine. You know why? Because it's like, you know, it's a nice break. But if they're doing it in the so- in the middle of a song, it's like, I'm trying to listen to this music. And uh, if, if you're talking and your dialogue isn't particularly interesting or funny, then it's like it becomes distracting. And that's and what that's happens. The- it's yeah. just distracting. And also, and like I said, just having these veggies singing these songs that they quite frankly shouldn't be doing it's one of the times where the contrast does not work how about okay sadie hawkins dance have have you guys heard that one yeah i've heard that one that one is just don't like it no you just i generally generally forgot most of the songs to be honest i don't remember mr light i remember all of them i do think that one i mean i like all of them personally but mr light in the light i think is maybe the best so i don't really remember any of those songs so it's just like it's just one you just you just li- it's like one of those um shows or like uh, <laughs> albums you just listen and then six months pass and you just forget about everything about it. I wish I could forget <laughs> that album, old. but for some reason when I was like seven, eight years old, I had that album in constant rotation, and now I just live thinking, what the hell kind of drug source was I on to enjoy that bad. crap? What was blood on? <laughs> what was blood on? What was 
Christian hits me. That, I mean, I respect that opinion. I I like it, but I think the reasons you gave for not liking it are valid. And I appreciate when someone doesn't like something and they give reasons why they don't like it. Um, yeah. Rather than just like, oh, this sucks. Like, those are valid reasons. I can see why that would bother some people. It doesn't personally bother me, and I still like the album. But I can 100% see why those reasons would make someone not like the album. And I, I get why you don't like it, even though I do. Yeah. Um, Episode-wise, we won't stick on this one for too long. I think this is already going to be one heck of an episode to edit. Episodes, VeggieTales episodes. Let's talk about this one. I like, uh, I like the episode that teaches... Um, not to lie. Yes, Brazil also loves lies. Larry Boy and the Cape Coat Caper. <laughs> I have never even heard of that one. I th I think you made that up, which you know Are you you've been real? doing this entire time. So. Are you for real? You actually haven't heard of Blair Lunch? You've heard of it, right? Veggie oh, Tales. Oh, Veggie Tales show. Oh, Veggie. Oh, I mean, it's not man. top tier, but I don't I don't dislike it. I Veggie can go Tales on and show. on. They could. They honestly, <sighs> they could have made something special, but it came out really disappointing, and plus, they're not making money out of it because everyone's pirating it, because Yippee. <laughs> they're using Vimeo. They're using a Vimeo player, which is, you could just inspect, <laughs> you could literally extract Element and download it off there. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. If you don't want people to Thanks. pirate your stuff, make it decently hard to do, but with Yippee being thrown together with sticks and glue, yeah, uh, it was inevitable. There's hey, a hot remember... tape. There's a hot tape. Oh, yeah. Not, not Yippee not yippy fans. You guys don't like Yippee? Disney also, Plus is cheaper. For, for some reason, right? They put free YouTube videos in there, which is like, it's, you could watch it on YouTube. Worst they said Tales... Yippee's not making good enough money. Maybe YouTube revenue will help us. Worst VeggieTales character. I'm actually interested about this one because we've never touched on this. I've never heard y'all talk about this in the calls we've been in. We've discussed episodes and stuff. Um, mm. But we've never discussed worst character. Um and the reason I say worst is because this is a hot take. Uh, a lot of people are going to disagree with this stuff, um, but I'm interested to know what you all think. Because um, I like I basically every character, but I want to know if there's a character that people love that for this hot take. Petunia is um not a good character because <laughs> it's 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 like all the roles she is casted in. It's like um it's like very Mary Sue type stuff and it's like that's not how you write for those characters like the amount the only episode which shows Petunia have like a grow actual growth is um Twas the Night Before Easter but that's, that's really not true of Bad stuff. Apple like, Bad Apple Bad Apple right but those are like the only two episodes and what else is there uh for <laughs> for Petunia how can you say that you dislike her for being a Mary Sue when there's literally a Mary Sue character by the name oh, of Sarah my Sarah, oh, Crow yeah. Sarah Crow is the Crow. worst character of the entire oh, franchise. Yeah. I I yeah. Easily. He, there's no flaws. And she. I remember that song in Mary and Larry, which is really annoying about how she talks about right. this song. Yeah, that's that, right. The one where she sings about the moral. That one was awful. <laughs> oh, you like, you like Sarah Crew? The perfect character? Or... Literally, that's what she is. Yeah. She's just yeah. born to be a Mary Sue. Also, it's rhymes with Mary Sue. Sarah Crew, Mary Sue. Like, <laughs> it rhymes. I don't also, think I've ever best, picked up on that before. Also, the best part of um of her was when when her teddy bear got thrown outside by the uh, by the babysitter. So you don't just dislike Sarah Crew. <laughs> you love the scene where she's miserable. <laughs> you see, here's the thing. Here's the thing uh, about Munson, me, right? I love the scene where Sarah Crew's teddy bear gets thrown out. <laughs> Why that's throwing me right now? I love that. I'm just That's imagining. Amazing. I'm just imagining you guys sitting down watching that episode. The 
lady throws out her teddy bear and you guys are just like the highlight of that, of that episode when she's, yeah. when she's in the rain with the milk jugs and she's trying to push them through the rain i bet you love that part too i remember we were like yes, i don't even remember finally. that part i don't even remember that part but if it was in the episode and she was miserable 10 out of 10 oh 10 facts. out of 10 not enough suffering 10 zero out of 10 gooseville was a bop torture for what sucked um the other one though gooseville's not that gooseville bad. was literally a torture for bob you cannot deny that um and going up was a larry torture and the reason why those oh, do not work is because you're seeing you're seeing likable characters suffering for yeah. no reason i mean bob had a sour attitude but that did not warrant him getting the stuff handed to him sarah like crew is oh. too perfect and she's a, yeah. to the point where she's obnoxious I like so Goose seeing Phil. her suffer was great yeah, but the thing about Gooseville is, um, I don't think the moral entirely sticks where it's supposed to. Um, because Bob's not a bad kid. He's not doing anything wrong, really, right? Like, he's, you get the sense from the story, he's busy, he's working hard. And so one day he gets up and he's like, I just can't do anything else. I need a break. Um, and then everyone's just all at once talking to him. He's like, okay, I'm out. I'm going to leave for a bit. You all deal with this and I'll be back later. To me, it doesn't seem like Bob's really doing anything wrong, and I don't feel like that lesson was handled to where they were saying. I don't think it was clear enough that they were saying what they were trying to say, uh, which was, no. you know, it's important to help your neighbors, yes. But I don't think they drove the point home enough that it's also okay to take a break. Like, in the behind the scenes, they say that, but, like, in the episode itself, it's almost like Bob's getting punished for taking a break. Exactly. Yeah. And that was the other thing, because the way that they wrote out the characters is that they're literally useless without um, without Bob helping them. So it's like day in and day out, you know. All Bob is doing is helping out these guys. He wants to take a break from all their nonsense. And he's just like, I just want to have some me time. And then it's like, no. You want me your time? Get tortured instead. Basically, the, mean, the, like entire... the elevator. I like the scene, though. There's one little gag in there that I just love because it doesn't feel like 2010's VeggieTales. It's just really, I mean, I guess it kind of does, but it's just funny. When he gets in the elevator with Jimmy and he does his little you know, iconic Bob laugh. He's like, uh, kind of standing there looking around, and he's like, yeah. are we going to go up now? And Jimmy's like, whenever you're ready, sir. I don't know, I just thought that was funny just to have the little, you know, that's kind of Bob's thing, you know, his little, um, laugh. <laughs> yeah. you know, so I like seeing that come back. To be completely honest, that segment killed uh, the potential of the little house that stood, to be completely frank. Well, they were marketing it as uh, Gooseville originally, and I'm not saying I, I like Gooseville. Fine, I just do think the moral wasn't didn't stick as well as some morals stuck. I think it was a little bit. It, it's very easy to misinterpret. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I think that's the issue. It's it's very very easy to misinterpret. Um, because it's almost like, like it said, was misinterpreted in writing. I don't know. Seems seems. It's strange. like I said. It's just a torture. Just getting off at the suffering at one character for they no reason. Other than comedy, Bob wasn't doing was anything. It. Well, it's not even comedy. That's the thing they were doing it. Well, like, they were trying Squidward, to make it funny. But when Squidward they were trying to make his, I think trying to make it funny. It's more well, of like you know when Squidward gets tortured, they're doing that to be funny. But yeah, Bob when, getting when, tortured in that. Go ahead. When Squidward does it, he has this scream, which makes it funny. Yeah, uh, but like in Gooseville, it was less of them trying to torture Bob for the purpose of making it funny, and more of them trying to teach a lesson by saying, "Hey, this is yeah. what happens when you do this." But at the same time, Bob wasn't doing anything. I mean, he wasn't doing anything wrong at all to begin with, but further on that, he wasn't doing anything blatantly wrong enough to where they, you know what I mean? Like, what yeah. would have worked better is if Bob had just been like a lazy mayor who, it would have been kind of predictable, but it would have made the lesson work more. 
He's just a lazy mayor, doesn't care about the citizens, doesn't help people. Um, and then he tries to go take time for himself, and that happens. But instead, you get the sense that he's so hardworking that he's literally cracking. Um, and he tries to take yeah. a break, and it's like, screw you, Bob, you're going to get tortured for taking a break. <laughs> Which was, Oh, and that's yeah. the other thing. That's the same reason why I hate um, Tomato Sawyer. I, well, I mean, that. that one is not too, is not super tortury, but literally, like, you know, the reason why Bob comes to the conclusion, right, is because the episode decides to punish him by destroying his fishing pole. <laughs> and it's not even, like, in a way that is necessarily his fault. It's yeah. such a dumb way to try to, to show him that he was in the wrong. That, that by chance, you know. That doesn't bug me. Uh, one... His fishing rod gets destroyed. That's stupid. One similar story that has literally stood out to me since I was a kid watching the episode. I didn't, I didn't think this was right. Um, the way Junior Darby in Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Oz talks to the uh, wizard Archibald. Archibald didn't do anything. He owns an amusement park. Junior paid money to get in. He did the rides, and then he got off the rides, and he said, "Well, now you need more money if you want to do the rest." And Junior's like, "You're a scam. I'm going to tell him." And then they never Junior never gets corrected. It's like you know. Look what this bad wizard did to Junior. He threw him in the mine shaft or whatever he did. But Junior was literally trying to ruin this guy's business. <laughs> you know, like I don't know. Did yeah, and I mean, even well? in the Archie never did anything wrong. He was just a businessman. He even said, "Listen, kid, I'm a, I'm just I'm a business guy. I'm not a wizard. This is an amusement park. If you want to go to the second part of the park, you have to pay." And Junior threw a tantrum, and that was I'm not never... a businessman. I'm a businessman. Yeah, that. That's a Kanye uh, so, reference for those who know. It was yeah. never. It was no, never I mean, touched on. I never really got up. I never got upset at that because Junior basically got what he was going for. But in the commentary, I remember that they were all like, "We weren't trying to make commentary about theme parks because you know they they take their kids to those very same ones that they're referencing." But it's like, I, I don't know. Like Junior got his comeuppance for you know talking talking bad about the wizard so he got punished he got sent to the note to the to the shadow realm true his fault true but they still kind of make they still kind of make it out like the wizard's done something bad you know yeah that one is like which i guess he did because he trapped a kid in a shaft but at the same time it's in a story it's you know at the same time it's called capitalism kid if you don't know it too bad yeah, but I like all these episodes. I, I can see flaws in the episode and still love the episode. Um, but we were talking about characters that you guys, uh, uh, Mr. Lunch, your hot take is, is on Petunia. How about you, Raziel? Any specific characters that you think the show could do without? Even though I think, like I said, every cast member adds something, but I, I want to know what you think. I mean, Sarah Crew, she's probably at the very top of my list for worst VT characters. I'm She's genuinely trash. surprised they didn't put her back in the VeggieTales show because they were doing the whole 2010s characters stuff. Yeah, you know? they probably replaced her with Cauliflower. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. But yeah, so Sarah Crew, she's awful. Um, This one minor character I hate because in, um, what was it? Mary, no, not Mary Larry. I mean, she wasn't Mary Larry, but no. It was Robin Good, the, the yellow gourd. Grandma woman. Gourd? I hate her. I made a whole fanfic about Grandma Gord. You look like the type who would make a fanfiction about <laughs> Grandma Gord. Why, thank you. It was about, it was called Gotta Get That Grandma. <laughs> Jimmy Gord and um, Midgel, not Midgel, Vigil, uh, fall in love with uh, Grandmum and, and Grandma Gord, and they're kind of tag teaming, trying to help each other succeed on their dates. It's a really fun episode. I, I recommend the audience check it out. I work very hard on it. Um, Grandma Gord, shoot, I'm shocked you don't like her. In that episode, it was really obnoxious. I mean, and I also think her character design is pretty ugly, um, but yeah, they're in that in uh, Robin Good in her quote unquote 
time to shine, she flops as a character. She's just the moralizer. That's all she is. And she's just obnoxious. She's annoying. You don't like when she goes, God bless you. No, I dislike her singing voice. I dislike everything about her. We're going to wrap up. We went over personal life. What's the big idea? Uh, went over your content. Hot takes. Now we're on the wrap up. Um, so we talked about uh, favorite and least favorite episodes. I don't know why I had that in here twice. We don't need that twice. Okay, here's something more personal. If you could be doing didn't anything. We talk about that, actually. Worst in we the completely skimmed we didn't over talk this. about the episodes? No. Oh, all we okay. did was rant about Jonah. Okay, all right, all That's right. All let's, let's hear about the episodes. What are, what are some beloved episodes that you know I'm going to like um, that you have a strong opinion on? I, either of you. I'm kind of debating which is my favorite, I mean, which is my least favorite of the bunch. I don't know. I kind of I cycle through. Ones I hate, I know I hate strongly. League, Waste of Potential, terrible episode. Lazy, Thrown Together, Sloppy, Waste which of one, Space. Which one was it? Autotainment. Okay. Um, let me see. Penniless Princess, I think out of all of the I could say is boring, that one is probably the most boring. Um, so I hate that one as well. I think you're kind uh, of you're, you're kind of naming episodes where it'd be more of a hot take to like them, because I think a lot of people in the fandom agree with you on that, except for me and the handful of people who like those episodes. But what are some episodes that most people like that you'd say you don't like? Because like if you say you don't like Sweet Pea, that's not a hot take. If you say you don't like VeggieTales in the House, definitely not. But if you say you don't like uh, Larry Boy and the Rumor Weed, people are going to, you know, my jaw dropped for sure. Yeah. You want me to regurgitate the opinions I've said like a thousand times already on my on my own thing? My I own mean, conversation with series? You don't have to, but if you want to just – we kind of touched on that in our interview actually, didn't we? A little bit. I know you don't yeah, like a little bit. Rumor Weed, you don't like Mad Blueberry, both of which shocked me because I consider those to be like core episodes. Um, so I'm shocked, you know? Uh, Sumo of the Opera and Duke, Boy, I, know, I know you don't Boy, like those. Boy, I did not like. Toy also. Toy, toy, well, that one's, yeah, that one's more mixed opinions on that one. I've, I've seen a lot of mixed opinions on that. I like it. Um, but I guess I don't need to keep saying I like it because you all know I like like everything VeggieTales. Um, I don't know. Sweet sweet Pea. Anyways. No, I mean, so, I know, genuinely. Like, I wouldn't say oh. it if I didn't, but like Sweet Pea Beauty, even that, in my opinion, Sweet Pea Beauty is the worst VeggieTales episode, but that doesn't mean I don't like it. It just means I think it is below all the rest of the episodes. But I do think it even at that's the thing about VeggieTales. Even at what I consider to be its worst, it still has elements that are so creative that it's like you can't look past them. Like Pants. Um, I love all the songs in the Sweet Pea segment. Those are those are kind of goofy and fun. Um, the mirror being the villain. I, I don't know. There are little elements in the story where even at their worst, they're pretty darn creative in, in the sense, you know, not everything that was in Sweet I don't know. That's my opinion. Um, but yeah, you don't like you don't like Duke. You don't like uh, Sumo, right? Duke is another another one that they had a wasted concept for. You make it a prequel to King George, which you know one that everybody goes nuts in the fandom, and it's like okay, so we're actually gonna high war. We're gonna have a really interesting story, and it, and ninety five percent of the episode is just characters sitting around and just talking about things, and it's it's like where's all the action? And I mean, it happens all the way towards the very end, but it's like it just it's not action in the way that I was uh, hoping or expecting. Random, so. random thought. I, I love Larry and Junior in characters, but I think it would have been so interesting to see them throw some of the strangest characters into main roles. I would have loved to see – I mean, imagine – this is outlandish, but, like, I don't know. Duke and the Great Pie War, but 
I don't know, what if Mr. Lunt were the, the main character? And they made like, you know, some character that they don't use, just throw them into the, the mainstream. What if there was like a, you know, something with Bob as a main character, more stuff with just Bob as the star, you know? I think it would have been interesting just to see them put characters aside but, from Junior and Larry in spotlight more often. But you can't because they're not marketable. At least the big idea thought they were. They're they're not marketable enough. That's why. Oh, yeah, I guess I didn't think they were marketable in in that sense. More side characters or you know whatever. How about yeah. you, Mister Lunch? Any episodes specifically um, that the fandom adores that you less so adore? Um, Sherlock Holmes is not really that. Good. Oh yeah, Sherlock Holmes is another one. Yep, that's yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> uh, Asparagus of a La Mancha. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that one is like a fine segment, but then everything else, it's just like, it's it's quite literally another Bob Torch in Sherlock Holmes. Because Larry's like, okay, not not in character. It does not. It's not. It's not really funny because they drag on the jokes for too long, and the only thing good that they set up that they did in this episode was set up Larry Boy and the and the bad apple and that's it. Well the one thing that you that you forgot, well I guess here's the thing. When people say that they dislike uh something being out of character, I think that's really dumb. It's a show within a show and these characters are acting. So when people say because I but they're like they dislike how King George is player out of character and I'm like, yeah, and so what? Like that doesn't that doesn't really mean much to me because you know these are actors. But my issue with Sherlock Holmes is that Larry's character in that one um I guess on one hand debatably could be seen as out of character um but the character that they made for Sherlock wasn't endearing at all at least with King George he had his goofier side with the fact that he yeah. loves his ducking to an obsessive degree right but with Sherlock Holmes the only thing about Larry the, the main character stick that he has is that he's a and that is literally the only thing that is defining about Sherlock Holmes that he's and even and the worst part about it is that literally when Bob is trying to tell him the lesson about the whole episode, he literally does the goes against what Bob was telling him about like being a good friend. And I'm just like, okay, that's just that's just not just being a bad character or just being a bad person. That's just being malicious. So yeah, he, he does yeah. seem less. He he almost seems like it's it's too obvious. But I think the joke is that he's so clueless that he's never solving the mysteries by himself and he can't see what's right in front of him. You know, so it's like he's he's literally that clueless that he doesn't see that. Um, and rather that's rather that's a good thing for better. The, rather that's a good thing for the character and I, I you know is debatable but i think the whole thing is that he's a clueless detective so he doesn't he mm. you know that's why they're originally going to call it Sherlock Holmes in the case of the missing friendship because he couldn't figure out what he was doing wrong he's like why doesn't dr watson want to yeah. talk to him because he's just so blind to it you know yeah well they made him blind and arrogant in like ways that don't make him likable at all because when you're trying to make like a character who's it is that you have to at least give them something that you want to like root for at low key or something hidden right something that you want to that you're like yeah this character is a but i still want to see them like succeed or something like that yeah like, like they were trying to make him the clueless detective but they didn't make the clueless part apparent enough for it to be oh, okay this is funny so yeah it's like they, i think yeah. they completely dropped the ball on that one yeah there's another well, one that will mess up people. Um, Minnesota Puke and the Search of Samson Starbrush. That's another one that I don't really... Boring as f***. Dude, Bully Trouble bored me to tears, bro. <laughs> I was like, dude, why is bu Bully Trouble, man? That is a segment. Uh, Pizza Angel? Here's a hot take. Pizza Angel is just alright. It's just fine. <laughs> I, I genuinely think that. It's just an alright. It's like... I mean, I don't think it's overrated. But it's just okay in my eyes. Like, whatever. And, uh... 
the main Minnesota Cuke segment, it's just something about it that is not really uh, all that funny in a way. It's a good concept, but kind of wasted it on the, the beginning episode. It doesn't really make it a good beginning episode. The sequel, they better improved it on. But still. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like Noah's Umbrella more than... I like Sam's hairbrush, but I'll, I'll take Noah's Umbrella over that any day. Noah's Umbrella is literally what Sherlock... Uh, Sherlock. Um, technically, in a way, yeah. Is what uh, the first one should have been. Here's here's why I dislike uh, that episode. Bully Trouble is a boring, boring story. It's not really all that fun or inventive. The whole Junior Daydream bits take me out of the story. And again, it's like... um. It's like what I said about Dave in that it's just that it, it's filler. You're stopping the pacing of the story to take the character somewhere else, right? The gist of it is that Junior imagines himself just beating the bully yeah. over and over and over again. And it's not like, I don't know, whenever he has these daydreams, there's something new that hits him or something. Like he gets a new revelation. If that was something we're pushing it forward, then that's like, I think Bully Trouble is just not that fun or that enjoyable it doesn't really have any funny jokes and then minnesota cute and i'm just like the adventure feels so small scale in comparison to everything that it doesn't come out as an adventure it feels like this really small cramped little episode and lord of the beans actually does the whole adventure aspect a thousand times better that's another thing I, why i just think it's not all that great um, i think i so, think yeah. abe's, abe's an episode where the second segment was um in my it opinion, carried. carried yeah much better. Like I think that should have been the maybe title segment, but marketing and stuff, you know. Um, yeah. We do need to move on to the last section. If you could be doing anything in five years, what would it be? And how is what you are doing right now tying into what are you doing right now? Do you see yourself doing what you're doing now as far as content and creation goes in five years? And if not, what do you guys see yourself doing? If if you feel like answering that. Well, I see myself right as um I've always had a passion for graphic designing. That's kind of what um doing now with uh it's the big idea podcast and all those other cool people that i'm look, working with on um you know their projects and whatnot so i'd say that be a graphic designer in five years i mean it's a small start but i've always wanted i said it to my mom and dad before that i've always wanted to be in the entertainment business because it's more interesting to me i just want to be in there and see what it's like because i like watching movies i like critiquing movies i like dis- dissecting things so well, I, th- I think you will you will not be successful unless you want to do unless you do what you want to do and you want to do what you're doing and you enjoy it. You know, yeah, um, exactly. whatever you're whatever you're being pushed towards doing, if that's not your passion and you have no interest in that, then there is no way you'll either fall short in succeeding in that task or you'll fall short in having a fulfilling, enjoying life, enjoyable life. Right. Like exactly. One way yeah. or another, you're going to fall short. You, you could be wildly successful in being a doctor or whatever but if you're not happy you're not really successful you know so i think i think 100 you should go into what drives you you know it's not about exactly family business it's not about what job pays more and what job whatever you know p- people think looks better you know it's about what you want to do maybe starting off with a job you know you might do something you don't really enjoy um you know to, to build up money or to, to get to a certain place but if you get stuck in that and go your whole life doing a job you don't enjoy, then what are you doing? Because I ultimately, at the end of the day, and one thing I've thought about before too, is like everyone wants happiness. Happiness is at the end of every single thing that you do. Um, if you have a job, you're hoping to get money, and you're hoping to get that money because that money will uh, buy you things that make you happy. It'll fulfill. It'll buy you things that make you happy. 
or it will at least help you sustain the necessities. And if you don't have the necessities, then once again, you're not happy. If you can't afford food and water and shelter, you're, you're probably not going to be very happy. So everyone's trying to reach towards happiness. And then from a, from a Christian perspective, as, as a Christian, I'll speak on this, um, ultimately working towards one ultimate goal rather than imagining like, you know, we're all in this one big boat heading towards death and then we all die. And then, you know, the end, um, what what would be the point of that? Why why would the world exist? You know, like if everyone just dies and then the world ends and then everyone's dead. It's like, okay, wh why did that world exist? You yeah, know, it's like it's like Junior's daydreams and bully trouble. Why did those happen? Um, so ultimately, there's got to be some some big goal, and I guess we're getting deeper now. Um, but on like a religious perspective, for me, the reason I believe Christianity works and and clicks and why I follow it is because of everything I've studied and everything I've researched it feels like that that fulfills that you know we're all trying to get to a certain goal and and there are things that are debatable and questionable that people talk about and stuff but like with christianity as a whole when you don't look at every little law and every debatable thing that's in it and all the different denominations and what you believe and what i believe in politics and schmolitics and etc cetera, etc cetera, at the end of the day it's all you know eternal life does exist and i know someone i know someone who believes now you don't get eternal life unless you accept jesus now I know someone who has a belief who says, um, no, everyone gets a chance at the end. And I don't know where it came from, but it's a very nice thought. Um, could be true. I don't know. No one knows, really. Um, but it's like, you know, everyone gets a chance at the end. You all, everyone dies, you're sleeping in your grave, and then Jesus comes back, and then everyone gets a chance. I, I'd love to see the verses where they got that from, because that, to me, also sounds like it could make sense. You never really know. Um, yeah. But believing that you're working towards an ultimate goal and that there is someone who loves you and, and that you were created for a purpose and that everything you're doing is actually noteworthy, bigger power is noticing that just makes sense because otherwise there's I don't see meaning. Not that there's not meaning in life for people who aren't Christians because there most certainly is. Where do you see yourself in five years as far as what you're doing goes and um, how do you see what you're doing right now getting you to that point? I'm sorry. Uh, the ice cream man just passed by, and that got me a Sonic the Hedgehog ice cream. Did you run super fast? Was it way past cool? No way. Uh, as soon as I'll open it, I'll probably be able to. I want to be, predominantly, I want to be a storyboard, character design. That's always been my uh, go-to. I love drawing characters. I could do it all day. Mr. Lunch, you want to be in graphic design. Reveal, you want to be in um, character design yeah. and storyboard. So both within the art industry, maybe you all end up making the next VeggieTales. Um, collab, <laughs> collab and make something. <laughs> How many people have said, I want to make the next VeggieTales and completely bombed? Well, literally too many. To count. Uh, literally, no, literally. Not literally the next VeggieTales. It doesn't have to be a Christian kids cartoon, but like just the next big popular franchise that someone makes a fan podcast on, you know? Honestly, y'all can make I something. Mean, I've, I've thought about like trying to have this big series, but literally for me, I'm, I'm more, I'm okay with um having a small following, a small but loyal following. One of my favorite bands that I listen to called Emery, they're a relatively small emo band and they still release music but the thing is that you're never going to see them advertise anywhere why because they're small and they're independent but with enough people that they have they can literally create albums and do whatever that is literally what i want to do i want to create something that i'm still working out the kinks in the back of my my mind but i wanted to be not the biggest thing ever but big enough to where i can literally coast off of that and live on it that is what i want to create with original See, not everything needs to be yeah not everything needs to be phil Fisher and be the next christian walt disney sometimes you just need to be small but 
decent size enough that you can still live off of it. That's what I think most people should be doing. Sometimes the smaller you attempt to make it, the bigger it's going to be. You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it could, it could happen. You never know. Um, yeah. But so you guys, you guys both have original characters, mm-hmm. concepts, and characters. How about you, Lunch? I mean, not at the moment. I just like, I just like making the art for people, and that's kind of about it. That's cool. So, yeah. Yeah, not everyone has to have a, an OC, you know? Not everyone's going to be on DeviantArt making OCs. <laughs> Recolored Bob and Mike... Larry number 5,624. Yeah, yeah we're going to say Mike is already filled with that. True, yeah. true, yeah. But, you know, you could end up making something that sticks. That's why I'm just, you know, when I'm making characters, I feel like I'm I'm throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing what sticks. If y'all start making characters, I'd love to see it. I'd love if you'd share it with me and show me what you're doing. But to me, that's always so, very cool to see people introduce new characters into the world of characters that exist. So this has been episode 111 of the Ultimate Unofficial VeggieTales podcast with Reveal and Mr. Lunch, hosts of What's the Big Idea podcast, but more than that, uh, video uh, reviewers, movie reviewers, video essay creators, archivers, AI, musical artists, graphic designers, aspiring storyboard and characters. You all know a lot more about them now, Um, and they're doing a lot more than hosting a podcast. So now when you listen to What's the Big Idea, which you're hopefully doing, you can think about all this stuff and know more about the people who are making this show exist. Mr. Lando with a leash. Mr. Lando, well, fuck you. I love it. I love it. <laughs>